What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode six of the Deep Ball Diamond Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, and I'm joined, of course, by my co-host, Chris Brox. And Brox, it's been uh, almost two weeks now, and we've had a couple uh, busy two weeks. I mean, a lot of transactions have went down, a lot of guys making their debuts, and uh, some guys are making some uh, early MVP pushes. So I'm excited to finally uh, recap some of the recent news. Yeah, the last time we uh, we recorded, the Mets actually had a real lineup, and now their lineup's full of minor leaguers and free agents. So it's been a while, two weeks, say at least. Yeah, I mean, Cameron Mabin is hitting third for the Mets today. That I actually looked at that. That was disgusting. They just got him. First of all, I don't even yeah. know he's left play already. I thought he had to pass protocols or something like that. But they literally got him for nothing, and he's hitting third for them. That's It's kind of tough, man. It is kind of tough. Yeah, it's tough. But uh, they sent – I was reported they sent in a literal dollar to the Cubs for Mabin. They give the Cubs a dollar bill. So, yeah. That's I mean, be they, need, they need any outfield debt at this point with Conforto and Nimmo out. Yeah, and listen, hey, hey, Kevin Pillar. Kevin Pillar's a warrior. Pilar, I don't know how that too, yeah. playing, man. I know more. Really? I'm, oh, oh, my God. Yeah, dude, what is up with Mets center fielders this year? Now, that oh, brings us up to a whole different thing. It's like Mets center fielders, it's the most injury-prone position now in baseball. 100%. The best week you had Almora slamming into center field, into the center field wall, and then you had um Kevin Pillar get rocked right in the face. But uh, it's tough for the Mets. Hopefully the Mets can figure it out. Hopefully Francisco Lindor, who seemed like he was figuring out a little bit, but uh maybe not, maybe not, maybe not, not so uh still not not what you want him to be. But let's move on to a play uh more get into our episode. We'll, we'll start with the big news box again. We're recording this on Wednesday, so yesterday on Tuesday. Uh, Spencer Turnbull throws another no-hitter. What is this, the fifth no-hitter now this year? Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. The Mariners are giving away no-hitters like they're Oprah. Nine innings, nine strikeouts, only two walks. And I just think that, like, another no-hitter goes to show, like, just where baseball's going, man. Like, this is now two months, and we've had five times that there's been no-hitters. Uh, it's another no-hitter that, um, that just – you look at the pitcher and you're like, damn, like, honestly, if you're not a big baseball fan, you do not know who Spencer Turnbull is. You don't really know Wade Miley is. So it's not looking great for the sport of baseball. If you have these, I wouldn't say no name, but pretty average pitchers, no hitters. I mean, maybe just the Mariners. Uh, this is the second time they got no hit in, what, two weeks? But uh, it's not the greatest look for the sport. Yeah, definitely not, man. And like you said, I mean, uh, Turnbull led the American League in losses, I think, what was it now? Um, I saw the stat yesterday. Of course, on ESPN too, they were like, uh, they were they were saying that. But yeah, I even forgot about Wade Miley. Technically, yeah, we haven't recorded even since Wade Miley threw a no hitter yeah. too. It's like it's like unbelievable. We can't even talk about Wade Miley because Spencer Turnbull was just like, yeah, let me go throw the no hitter. And yeah, like you said, it's kind of becoming like this dead ball era now in baseball where it's like home run, strikeout, or walk, and it's kind of a reflection. You see this, you just. There's just not as much in the game. Like the game, it's just like it's a lot slower paced in that in that respect. Like you're not seeing like guys putting like together hits and stuff, like like multiple hits in an inning to get runs in. And I don't know, I kind of don't like the direction like that aspect is going. Everything's all about the home run now. And like, yes, it's good when teams are hot, but like especially like the Yankees. When the Yankees are cold, man, it is just tough to watch sometimes. Yeah, no, dude. It's pretty tough like watching like Honestly, it's every Mets game where you have like runners in scoring position and guys just can't produce. It's just like watching teams have like four or five hits a game. Like it's 
it's tough watching a sport, man, that's not based off offense anymore. Um, I don't know. Uh, what do you think about that, Peo? Listen, I could go for a good pitching match, but I'm fine to see a pitcher's duel every single time. But that's when Garrett Cole's pitching. Like Garrett Cole last week throws in eight dominant innings against Tampa Bay. But as you said, too, when guys like Spencer Turnbull and Wade Miley are throwing these no-hitters, I'm not trying to, like, slander these guys. I mean, these guys are like your quality MLB arms, but these guys, again, aren't household names. It's It would be a lot different if a guy like Walker Bueller was getting on the mound, another an up-and-comer or something like that. Like, so, like, you know what I mean? I, I don't necessarily love that. And, I mean, Seattle now, this is the second time that they got no hit. Like, they, I know they just brought up Kelnick, but, like, Seattle, mm. again, another team that, like, kind of, like, in the rebuilding stages that just kind of goes to show you, too, with, like, I feel like as it's, it's just more prone with that cycle of, like, now teams are just in, like, longer rebuilds because they don't want to spend any money. And it's, like, the quality and the product that you're putting on the field is kind of – hurt in that in that sense so I feel like we're in for a lot more no hitters this year and especially because yeah it's it's all launch angle and it's all who can hit the most home runs so I think uh we better get comfortable I wouldn't be surprised if another honestly what's your prediction how many no hitters you think we have over the course of the whole year I mean it's tough because we have five and it's been a month and a half um I mean I would say like at this rate I mean maybe hit 10 but realistically hopefully it's like at least maybe just like seven or eight maybe like two more hopefully the summer mm-hmm. um livens the bats a little bit but i don't know yeah i yeah i was gonna say i was like I, i'd probably say eight if i had to give a like a guess but even that like hope, hopefully one of them's a perfect game too because uh that would be pretty cool I yeah seen, no, I we need a perfect game a but yeah so congrats though to spencer turnbull but i think the overarching theme from this like we said is just like it's just like upsetting to kind of see like how dependent we really came on the home run ball. And this is just like another consequence of that. But uh, we'll stay with the Seattle Mariners, I guess. The Seattle Mariners, to get a little bit of love. We did mention kind of Jared Kelnick. He did make his MLB debut. He also had his first MLB career home run. He had three extra base hits in total that game. And honestly, since then, he I think he honestly has one hit outside of that game. Uh, listen, the kid's young. I think he was literally drafted in, what, 2018 out of high school, too. So he's got plenty of time left to develop. Uh, I love Kelnick's. I wonder I wonder who possibly could have drafted him and then traded him for a reliever and an aging second baseman on a big deal. But uh, listen, Kelnick, I think he's going to be a stud. I think it's going to be tough for Mets fans to have to watch him grow into the player that he'll become. They got another kid, um, the Mariners. I think uh, Julio Rodriguez, I want to say, yeah. is his name, in yeah. their system, who's hitting real well. And they just brought up another – they brought up an arm, too. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Logan – Everett, if I had to take a wild guess, I think. I think his first name's Logan. But, uh, yeah, so, listen, we said Seattle, they, they have gotten no hit twice, but maybe the future is bright there. But, again, that's just another team that doesn't really spend a whole lot of money. So, it's tough when that team is rebuilding. I mean, you know what? I'm not going to, like, pray on Kalnick's downfall. He didn't trade himself from the Mets. Um, he's going to be really good, obviously. But, you know, at least Edwin Diaz had back-to-back saves this week. He's perfect on the year so far, so good for both sides. But that's going to be cool to watch Kelnick. I mean, it's going to suck to see him not in orange and blue, but I, I hope he does well. Maybe. He got, well, you know, he's going to be yeah. – I mean, he's going he's gonna, to – he's a young guy. I mean, highly regarded prospect, really, ever since he got drafted. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he honestly opened this year as like a top-ten prospect, I want to say. 
But also one thing I want to say about the Mariners too, Mariners honestly deserve to get no hit because they were trying to like manipulate what's his name service time. Like Kelnick, like they didn't want to mm-hmm. bring him up earlier because they wanted an extra year, which is another rule for another day. Like they did that. I remember with Chris Bryant a couple years ago, the Cubs. I, I hate that man. Like again, if the guy's ready, just let him play. The pitcher on the Mariners, by the way, was Logan Gilbert. That's who it was. And that's mm-hmm. another guy who they're trying to manipulate his service time because they brought him up late. But uh, listen, out West, another team who, I mean, has way higher expectations than the Seattle Mariners, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Listen, we thought that the, these guys would absolutely roll through the season, be on cruise control. It has not been the case. They're dealing with another injury. Corey Seager's hurt. And what do they do to try to um, help the offense? They bring in the machine, Albert Pujols. I mean, we thought he was done. I didn't think he was going to go anywhere. But for Pools to go into and sign with the Dodgers, I think that's pretty crazy. And I think that's kind of – I think it's kind of a ring-chasing move. There's no doubt about it. You know what? I uh, I thought he was done too. And for the Dodgers, if you're struggling a little bit, I mean, obviously they're going to be fine. But I, I kind of like it. You know, like I feel like that would just inject in life some team, you know. You just have one of the best players to ever play baseball come to play with you. For one less hurrah, so I kind of like it. I hope – I know he had a, a base hit in his first game, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, I hope Bulls turns it around. Really? Yeah, listen, man. I hope – I hope he get above that, like, negative .4 war right now. I think if he ends the year with, like, a zero war, he finishes with, like, a 100 career war, and he's, like, right under a 300 career batting average. I hope he can get back there. I don't necessarily know if he can, but – like we like we said on last episode, I really don't want to get too much into him. I mean, the guy's one of the best best baseball players that we've seen of our generation. So yeah, hopefully he can get that ring that he so covets. But I think it's kind of upsetting to see him take like a smaller role at a place like the Dodgers instead of going back to um, St. Louis. I know in St. Louis though they had Goldschmidt, so he's honestly probably would play more in for the Dodgers than he would have for St. Louis. But yeah, I think that's kind of uh, a little upsetting. Do you see too? I don't know what I'm saying on the Dodgers. Uh, they signed uh, – where they traded for Yoshi uh, Tosugo. Oh, that was the guy from the Rays, right? Yeah, from the Rays. He was tough on the Rays. Rays paid him like yeah. – Rays caught him eight, like $5 million off his contract, which is not something the Rays would do. But they had G-Man Choi coming back. They needed to get – like he's another left-handed bat. So Tosugo was expendable. He's actually starting today for the Dodgers. So I wouldn't be surprised if this guy all of a sudden goes to the Dodgers and starts raking. I feel like he's like – one of those guys, too, that fits the Dodgers because the Dodgers, like, like love versatility, and he could play first base, third base of the outfield. Not a great fielder, but you know what I mean? Just another guy who could play a bunch of different positions, which it seems like every single person on the Dodgers can play multiple positions. Yeah, I remember last year when the, the Rays signed him last year. Um, last year was the first year, yep. Yeah. So I remember they signed him. They said it was be a good uh, – was it from Japan, I think, right? Um, so I'm, I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure where he plays. He's from he's from Asia, you know that. Um, he's supposed to be a a good hitter. So I mean, the Dodgers could be in a diamond in the rough here. Yeah, ho- we'll hopefully see. for their sake, hopefully they can. And like we said, with Corey Seager out, he's hopefully a left-handed bat that can um hold them over for a little bit. And what's his name will definitely help too. Gavin Lux. I know Gavin Lux finally getting a little bit of like. Do you see his home run now? This is like almost a week ago, the one against the Mariners. Yeah, that was a new. Yeah, that was he nuked it, and that was one of the best pimp jobs I think you could have given on a home run. He was pumped up too, 
Like they were saying, even Joe Davis was like on his call. I was like the biggest home run in his career so far. Definitely is another high prospect that's went through the Dodger system. Hopefully Lux can get it going. Playing all right this year. He's only hitting like 250, but hopefully, hopefully Albert Pools can inspire the young in a little bit. But yeah, the Dodgers only 24 and 18. Hopefully they'll turn it around with um the Giants just refuse to go away in the uh, NL West. I mean, who would have thought at this point that they'd be even close? You know what I mean? And I know it's early, but the Giants are right up there with the Padres and the Dodgers record-wise, record-wise at least, excuse me. But uh, let's stay out West. But this time we'll flip leagues. We'll go back to the AL West. Let's talk about the Oakland Athletics or so. They may not be the Oakland Athletics for much longer. I believe – there's like a vote in like a couple months to like about a new stadium. And potentially if the A's do like they, if they can't get this new stadium built in Oakland, they're going to look elsewhere. And there's rumors that they could join their fellow, their former uh, team that they used to share a stadium with the Oakland Raiders in Vegas. And now you'd have the Vegas Raiders, the Vegas A's. What do you think about it? Yeah. I mean, I, for the past couple of years, I think I keep seeing like all these like concept ideas for new A stadiums, but they never get approved. So, I mean, that's, that's like amazing when I saw like Vegas was an option, like, are they just going to join the Raiders and do the same thing, go to Vegas? I mean, honestly, for the A's, man, that's probably one of their best ideas is go to Vegas. Just a growing market. You have the Golden Knights, you have the Raiders there. Like, I think that'll be a perfect place for them, honestly. Oakland's just not it anymore. The Oakland Coliseum is garbage at this point. I mean, if they want to build a new stadium for, I think I saw it was like, Maybe it was $5 billion or some crazy amount that they have to spend on it and just to stay in Oakland. So, I mean, I don't know. I think the move to Vegas would be really beneficial for them. Yeah, I, th- I think what also doesn't help them, like, or like at least staying in Oakland, that their chances that don't help them is that, I mean, now the Warriors used to play over there. Now they play in San Francisco. Now you have the Raiders we just said just left. So it's kind of like, you know what I mean? Pro sports haven't really been able to stay in Oakland the past couple of years. I mean, the A's again, I honestly think there's a good, I think there's a very good chance that we see them leave there. And I think Vegas would be a perfect spot. As you said, obviously they just got the golden Knights. Now they're getting the Raiders and you pick up the A's obviously a lot better of a market. Uh, don't the, the Mets minor league team plays in Vegas, right? No, the, the 50 no, ones the the Blue Jays. used to have them. Yeah. The Mets oh, no, got no. rid of them. They did. Yeah, now they have the Syracuse Mets with their Triple A team. Really? Was that was that like this yeah. just this past year when they did the uh like all like a bunch of teams I know redid it? Is this um, a couple years ago? I think it was. I uh, know it was three years ago. Three, like twenty eighteen was last year. The Yankees just like redid their whole minor league year, uh, minor league like system this year, like because of, like the pandemic and stuff. But yeah, I thought it was mm-hmm. I honestly thought they were one. I, I knew they used to be in Vegas, but uh. Yes, yeah, so bring bring a little baseball back to Vegas, and obviously that'll be a fun trip for whoever wants to go see an Oakland, uh, excuse me, a Vegas A's game. Then Vegas A's has a pretty cool like pitch to it too. You won't even need to change the name, but cool, I don't know how the, yeah. I don't know how the traditionalists would like that because the traditionalists don't like Yerman Mercedes swinging 3-0 in a game that's 15 to four with um I forgot this guy's name on he's got the longest last name in baseball uh. The cat, like the cat, the back of catcher on the Twins, number sixty-four. I know his number, but uh, yeah, he's a position player. Yeah, there you go. Yerman Mercedes absolutely smokes a ball, and Tony Larusa goes in the press conferences was like, 
I gave him the take sign. There will be like consequences for this. I think, first of all, that is absolutely absurd that like a manager would throw so blatantly throw one of his young players under the bus like that. Dude, as soon as the White Sox hired um, Larusa, man, I did not like it, man. He's been out of baseball for a while, and just I don't know why. Like I think it was he was against Mercedes home run, and then yesterday when they threw at Mercedes, he was just like, oh. He's like, oh, okay. Like he was like fine with it, you know what? Like that's not a good look for their their whole locker room, man. I don't love it. I hope they fire him soon. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, dude, like I just don't know how you like how can he control the locker room when you have a guy like obviously Mercedes who just blatantly threw under the bus. Then Lance Lynn, he got like, I mean, they didn't get into it, but Lance Lynn was like trying to back up Mercedes, and he was like, well, Lance has a locker, and I have an office, so. That and then Tim Anderson too was kind of on Mercedes side. So I mean the White Sox had the best winning percentage in the league, I think, as of Wednesday this war was as of Tuesday, excuse me. And now like the locker room maybe it'll split. I definitely think that's something interesting to note. I know the White Sox are coming to play New York, uh play the Yankees this weekend. So that's good for us because the White Sox are playing pretty good ball. Hopefully this distraction off the field can hurt them on the field. But yeah, I mean the White Sox too, that they are a young and up and coming team. I mean, they've dealt with What's his name being hurt this year? Um, oh, my goodness. Now I can't think of his name. Uh, uh, Eloy Jimenez, in a very peculiar way, uh, honoring him. Oh, my God. Now you have, uh, now you have like, they've been playing pretty good with, without him. You know what I mean? So to have something like this kind of, like, not derail you necessarily, but just be, like, something that's, like, going to be, like, a nuisance and, like, just annoy. Like, you have to get now questions about this in the locker room and stuff. That's just, like, not a good look, if you ask me. Yeah, no, if, if everyone's not on the same page, never a good look for a good team, as you just said that. But I I think I'm the White Sox. Just cut cut, cut the ties right now, man. Get rid of La Russa. Bring, bring whoever you want. I don't really care. Just, this guy's going to kill their chances at anything this year. Really? You think so? You think Tony La Russa will hold them back from, like, potentially? I think he, he's holding them back. Dude, they're a good team. He's holding them back. I really believe that. I know Giolito. I think that they won today too. Giolito pitched unbelievable again. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got they got a pretty good rotation. Obviously, Carlos Rodon threw the no hitter earlier in the year, and Giolito Lynn's pitched unbelievable. Keuchel's there. Dylan Cease is another young arm who they have who's been pitching, and obviously, as we've said too, their lineup is stacked. But, yeah, who knows with Tony LaRusso. We'll have to wait and see. That was, I think, the biggest thing with Tony LaRusso, that he was out of the game for so long. And he's one of, like, the older heads in the game. So it's like when you bring somebody like that back, it's like how is he going to mingle with, especially a team that's very young. Like, the White Sox are, like, that young. And, like, they're kind of like that fun team. You know what I mean? Like, a team kind of – I'm not going to say to San Diego's level, but they're more of that, like, rebellious team, I'll say. That, like, somebody that maybe, like, Tony LaRusso might not be the smartest guy to – put into that situation but i saw something on twitter too brock it was like uh tony larusso was never good at handling a mercedes and i was like oh my goodness oh my god it's a low it's a low blow but i thought that was pretty funny i'm not gonna lie whoever i forgot exactly where i saw that but like we said, Mercedes Lewis, uh, mercedes lewis yerman mercedes too like i think what's like what stinks about him is that like he came from a – this is not like a an, – like one, he's not a proven veteran. And two, it's not like he was this top prospect. Like 
he's had to work to get into the MLB and to like pan out. And like his MLB career, like who knows what's going to happen with him. You know what I mean? He's got to still put up his numbers. You know what I mean? Come contract time. I don't care if it's a meaningless home run. I mean, you could say that, oh, 30, 29 or 30 home runs. What's that big of a difference? But listen, you don't know. You don't know what he has in his contract about like money and stuff like that. And again, like, why are you going to go tell a baseball player? Like, why does a player just in the ninth inning have to like, I I'm all for like showing sportsmanship, but like, it's different if you ask me if you hit a home run, like if he would have tried to like stretch it out to like an inside the park home run, like that's, that's where I'm like, all right, maybe draw a line a little bit. You know what I mean? You're up 11 runs, but like you can't tell a hitter to not hit. You know what I mean? That's what you're literally built to do. That's how you make all your money. Exactly. You don't want to start getting into bad habits too. Hitting is all consistency. And especially at the MLB level, the last thing you want is a meaningless at bat like that. Now that, that like you, like tweak something in or something like that to then mess up everything for the next game be, just because of that. Because, oh, why? I had to follow the unwritten rules of baseball. Like, I don't like that, honestly. No, dude, you said it, man. Like, that home run makes Mercedes money. Every home run you hit, man, just helps you out. Um, and you know what? Like, we've seen crazier things happen. Like, obviously, what, they were up 11 runs. Dude, as many times I watch the Mets, no lead is safe. I don't care at this point. I'll never feel bad for scoring runs. I don't care if you have 30 nothing. I don't I do not care. I hate it. This whole old like, oh, you're up seven runs, like, oh, take on three of no, who cares? I'm trying to produce for my team. I'll be like if I was a teammate and I was just giving up the ninth inning, I'd be like, damn, like they're letting us down. I just want to put the pedal to the metal. Who cares? I hate I hate these old farts being like, oh, respect the game. No, I'm trying to win a game. I think there's a difference too between like I just don't see that that as disrespecting the game. It's not exactly feeling up eleven runs. Maybe that's a little bit of disrespecting the game. But again, that's the beauty. The beauty of baseball is that there's no clock in the sport. Like you, some people could say that's brutal because the game could take so long. Other people, it's a beauty because guess what? You can't run out the clock like you can in football. You can't dribble out possessions like you can in basketball. You have to get that team out. 27 times in the game if you want to beat them. So they have to go out no matter what in the bottom of the ninth. I saw something on Instagram too that was like, oh, you guys want to fix this problem in baseball? Let a team concede after six or seven innings. That would be the dumbest rule if you ask me in the history of the world. Imagine playing on a team as a pro athlete. I don't, and because realistically managers as crazy as would have to like actually make that decision because they would be like, do I want to burn another bullpen guy? I have another seven straight games coming in. Do I want to save a guy for three innings? And they would actually think about it. But could you imagine a game gets called in the sixth or the seventh inning because the team was just like, yeah, we're throwing in the towel. That is unbelievable. That ever, ever even thinks about entering the MLB. I would be, that would be disgusting. That that's kid stuff. Dude, if I paid money for a game and they got, and a team conceded, I don't care which one, um, conceded. I don't care if it was my team or the away team. I would really ask my money back. That's BS. I came for nine innings. Unless there's rain, great. Um, but I came for nine innings of baseball. That's exactly. Looks from a fan's perspective. As a player, I would be pissed off. You know what? Give me another at bat. I don't care if I'm down twenty nothing. Give me another at bat to fix my day to try to put some runs across. I don't know. That's yeah. And uh, who knows? And dude, that's like not a pressure at bat and like you know what i mean it's so hard to simulate game reps in the cages or stuff like that so if you're 
Like, I know a guy on, like, the Yankees specifically. Like, Clint Frazier's, like, struggling. I bet you Clint Frazier, if the Yankees were losing a game right now, 12-1, would want every single at-bat because there's absolutely no pressure on him. He can literally go up with a clear mind and be like, I don't have – well, if I strike out here, it doesn't matter. We're probably going to lose that. Like, he's not – I mean, he's not going to say that, but that's what he's probably thinking. You know what I mean? We're probably going to lose anyway. Does yeah. have that really matter that much on the outcome of the game? No. So let me try to get something right in this. And who knows? The guy gets a base hit. All right, we bring that over into the next game. Like we've said, hitting is such consistency. Hitting is just like getting into that mode and then it's just repetition. Do that same thing that once you find it, doing it over and over and over again. So, yeah, I I my mind of something like that entered baseball. But you know what? Let's get more onto a brighter topic, Brox. Let's talk about this AL MVP race. I think that now we're almost two months completed, uh, about a month and a half, two months completed in. We can finally start seeing guys who are putting together a couple six-week stretches that are unbelievable. I mean, one guy first we'll talk about, too, Mike Trout. What an absolute shame. I believe it's a calf injury, and they said he's going to be out six to eight weeks. I personally don't think he'll be out that long, but you could argue that Mike Trout was having the best start to a season that he's had. And it's just a shame. He was the MVP favorite uh, betting-wise going into the year. He was the MVP favorite when he got hurt. And it's just a shame because, like I've said, Trout is one of the best baseball players I've ever watched. And it, he was on pace to put up one of his best seasons ever. Dude, I just – I saw he left the game. And I was like, you know what? Like, you know, it happens all the time. Then I saw six to eight weeks, which I did the math. I'm like, damn, that's like – that goes to eight weeks. That's two months. Like, baseball, like, cannot survive without Trout for two months. That's terrible. Like, you just want to see that guy go out there and just absolutely dominate every day. Um, I mean, who knows, man? Even if he comes back in, in two months, he can still come back and win the MVP at this point. But, uh, yeah, no, he comes back soon, though. The Angels really need him. Well, they do need him, but they also have another guy I think you'll get into that, uh, that's been their spark plug. Yeah, before, before we get into that other guy who honestly probably becomes the MVP favorite at this point – I mean, yeah. I know this is going back a couple years now. Trout, I think it was 2017, he hurt his thumb and he was out like six weeks. And I think he still finished like fourth that year in the MVP with like 114 games played. And honestly, I think that the same thing's going to come. I think Trout will still end up finishing again top five MVP, which will put whatever his streak is. I think he has like a crazy streak of finishing as a finalist. We'll continue. And. It's just a shame because the guy was having like I had like a 470 on base percentage that was in 333. But I mean, his teammate Shohei Otani has he came on burst onto the scene 2018 and now 2018, right? Yeah, 2018 was his first year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, the guy on the mound has pitched phenomenal this year. Just from his pitching perspective, you could argue he's probably an all star. He only has one win, but he's got a 2.1 ERA, 40 strikeouts, and only 25 innings. I know he pitched real well a couple weeks ago against the. Astros it was and then he went out into right field just absolutely built different and then at the plate he's hitting 270 with 14 home runs and I'd love I'm curious to know how the MVP voters are going to view like are going to view this because listen this is probably something that they really never dealt with when they're voting for the award it's like if you ask me personally if he does both at an all-star level he has to be considered MVP Uh right but if he maybe does tail off a little bit, right? And you're like, yeah, he was like an all-star level type of hitter. But like pitching-wise, he was like, yeah, he was average. Like, is that enough to catapult him into the MVP conversation? I'm not too sure. But right now, I don't think we have to worry about that because he's doing both right now at an elite level. Yeah, no, I think for me, it's going to be more the pitching because you've seen him hit like he's a top hitter in the league. I think his pitching being consistent all year, like definitely like a sub three. You'll probably have like at least 25 home runs, 
I think you'll see him win it, no doubt. It's just crazy yeah, to I think, think about. That, like, I just uh, that's ridiculous. No, it's it's unbelievable, and he's uh, the home run that he hit against the Red Sox this weekend to win the game. Then I think he had a home run. This was maybe yesterday or two days ago. That was at his eyes against Cleveland. He's pitching tonight actually for the Angels against Cleveland. And, yeah, man, I just hope that Joe Madden – I'm happy Joe Madden at least is managing him because Joe Madden, one of the more creative managers, I'd say, and he'll definitely make sure that Otani gets a lot of at-bats because it's probably pretty hard. It's probably pretty hard to manage like when you can really give Otani a day off because, I mean, the guy – at one point, at some point, you got to think that you can't burn the guy out completely. You know what I mean? As much as I'd love to see him play every single day, like he's going to get burned out. So it, with Trout out right now, it definitely puts a little – um. Like it puts a little uh, harder for him to be able to sit down Otani because Otani now is the best hitter in that lineup, no doubt. But oh, Joe Madden's got a lot of decisions to make. Joe Madden, too, I, li- mm-hmm. I actually did like the move of him moving Otani that day to right field because it got him up like an extra bat the next inning, and it was like only a one-run game at that time. But I also think that is crazy, man. That is literally something that you see in like 13U. The guy throws 89 pitches on the mound and then moves out to right field. I mean – Unbelievable. Yeah. I think that was honestly that was like the first time he's played the outfield too, like in the major leagues. And honestly, it might have honestly been the first time. Dude, I, I remember I would do that and that would be drained. Like you just like, oh, I just had a great day pitching. Let me just like, you know, get in that bat, play the outfield. Dude, I'd be drained. I I couldn't imagine what Tony was going through, but um are, are, it, are you a, sure that was his first time in the outfield? I feel like he's had a few games in the outfield. Nah, it was definitely his first time in the outfield in like a, a while. It was the first time in the oh, outfield. Oh, since he got hurt. Got surgery. Yeah. yeah. Yes, okay. Maybe 2018 definitely. he played the outfield. I should I should have reiterated that. But yeah, he definitely yeah. didn't play the outfield last year. He hadn't played the outfield this year until that point. And in 2019 he had Tommy John, so he didn't play the outfield. He just DH'd. But uh, a couple other guys who want to show some love to. First, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, this guy, when he was coming up, one of the most hyped up prospects, obviously, his last name's Guerrero. You know what I mean? He's going to be. But he's he slimmed up a little bit, and he's in great shape, and he is wrecking the ball. I mean, hitting like 330, 11 home runs. Uh, he's probably be an all-star in the AL this year, no doubt about it. And I listen, I'm a Yankee fan, but I love, honestly, what the Blue Jays are building. I love Bichette over there. I think Bo Bichette's one of the most underrated players in baseball. Vlad Guerrero Jr. finally coming into his own with George Springer, Kevin Biggio there, Gurriel. Blue Jays have a lot, a lot of good bats in that lineup. And it's just great to see that Vlad's finally like blossoming into this star that we all could clearly see the star power that he had. Yeah, no, I remember him in the minors, man. He was hyped up ridiculously. He came up, you know, he fell into like the, his power struggle where he just, it was a home runner strike, that type of guy. But then, he joined uh, Skinny Miguel Cabrera, got a little skinny, and then he brought the pot, man. Ridiculous. Yeah, Skinny skinny Miguel Cabrera. Crazy to think that Skinny Miguel Cabrera wasn't the best Miguel Cabrera we've ever seen. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but listen, Skinny Miguel Cabrera having a, having a tough time now. Even skinnier Miguel Cabrera now having a tough time. But another guy who we're talking about in the MVP race, Aaron Judge. He just had a great weekend. This past weekend in Baltimore, I believe he hit four home runs, puts his total up to 12. He's hitting like 300 on the year. Finally coming around a little bit with the other tall uh, giant that they have, John Carlos Stanton, out of the lineup. The judge is finally coming in, taking some of the pressure off the other guys like LeMayhew and Voight, who's just coming back from injury too. So, Judge, 
I mean, you kind of you, you don't know what you're going to get because you don't know how healthy he's going to be. But when he's healthy, he's just con- consistently proving now that he's one of the top players in the M- in in the AL. Honestly, in the M- MLB as total. And I would just I, it's just so frustrating though that even when Stanton was on his crazy hit streak, Judge just wasn't hot. Like I'd I'd love to see these guys just get hot for a couple weeks and see um how much damage the Yankees line the Yankees lineup could do. Yeah, no, it's pretty scary. I think I saw today like their their team batting average was like. 222 so yep. I mean, if they're if they're staying afloat um with not hitting well i mean they, they obviously you know they're going to turn it around soon and they just keep on going um and good for judge man i mean it's been a since like his rookie it's been a I say rough few years but it hasn't been the same as like when he first came up um just by injuries and stuff so good as much as i hate to say good for judge for uh having a good start of the season yeah, no doubt. Let's see if he can pick it up. I know they got a big game today in Texas. I mean, not a big game, but you just hope they win. Seri- going for a series win today. But moving on to our final topic of the day, unless we think of something now, unless we got something else. Uh, Huascar, you know what? We talked about this guy a couple weeks. Uh, I think, honestly, maybe it was last episode because this guy is hitting grand slams and absolutely pimping them. Uh, unfortunately, we're not talking about him in that light now because – He's punching the bench, and he broke his hand. Apparently, he's out like a couple months now because he broke his hand punching a bench. I mean, that's just tough. He was honestly pitching pretty well for the Braves, too. And for a Braves team that's been struggling, I mean, this is just another awful blow that they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, man. I mean, they're, we just heard about Soroka, how he came back. But he something was wrong with his Achilles still. He had to get, had to get surgery again. So he's out for the year. Now you know he's out for probably three months. So it's the tough uh, strain on their rotation at this point. Um, like he was supposed to start, what was it, Monday against the Mets? And then, no, it was yesterday against the Mets, Tuesday. And they scratched him because obviously he's out for a few months. So um, not great for a Braves team. That's been kind of struggling. They lost the first two games of the series to the very depleted Mets. So um, you know, not good all around. And, you know, you always hear that, like, after games, pitchers, you know, you always see in the dugout, like, people get mad and stuff. Um, I, mean, I know you're going to bring up uh, the guy who uh, was a little mad himself after a, a certain pitching performance. Oh, Ken Giles. Yeah, that, like that was yeah. the first thing I thought of, too. I didn't hurt himself, but I think it was Gary Sanchez. This was like May of 2018, maybe. Uh, 2019, it could have been. I think it was 2019 because it was like the beginning of the fall for Ken Giles. With in uh, Houston, but yeah, Ken Giles like punched himself in the face as he was walking off the field. I thought that was pretty funny. I, I it was, I think it was 2018, but yeah, I thought that was pretty nuts. I think that's like there's a difference between like being upset with yourself, punching a bench, and then punching yourself. Um, but listen, at least Ken Giles wasn't that, at least Ken Giles didn't miss three months because he got hurt by like that. But <laughs> dude, I didn't even know about I didn't realize Soroka went down again, man. I'm seeing it yeah. now too. Yeah, he had a setback with his Achilles, and he's getting surge again. What a shame, man. The Atlanta Braves this year, we both picked them to go real far. They cannot catch a break, man. Max Freed has not been the same pitcher. Now you have you lose Soroka. Oh, my goodness, man. Put a lot Poor of Braves. pressure on Ian and Charlie, on Charlie Moore. <laughs> I know you're probably through. Darno's out for them, too. And also another guy, too. Like, I mean, he, he he's playing, but like Acuna, I feel like Acuna's left like three games I feel like with injury and it's it's almost seemed yeah. like he's like I'm not gonna say it's, he's like play, he's playing with fire a little bit when it comes to like a longer term injury but hopefully not that well you mentioned that baseball can't lose trout you can't lose trout and Acuna that would be awful 
Yeah, no, I think the Braves, they got to watch out because Acuna was out, I think, last weekend. They came back on Monday. He doesn't look great. And it reminds me of the Mets did the past two years of McNeil. He's had some, like, hamstring issues. Then he would come back and he would re-injure the hamstring. They'd be out for a long time. On the Braves, man, you give Acuna, like, you know, I know it's tough, but I give him, like, a week off and he'll be fine. The Mets, past two years, same exact thing. McNeil's got a hamstring injury, came back like two days later, boom, on the DL. The Braves got to be careful with this kid. They're really going to be playing with fire, really are. Yeah, I mean, at least hearing that, too, it kind of like makes me feel better because with Stanton, they put Stanton on the DL, and it's like, they're like, oh, we're just trying to be like very precautious. It's like a lower yeah. body injury. Like, you think he pulled something, but you know what? As much as I could be mad at it right now, like that stands out of the line of, oh, it might cost us a game or two. It's May, you know what I mean? As long as he's still healthy and if, if that's the price that we have to pay for him to be healthy come august september october then you know what it's tough to like it's tough to swallow now but we'll definitely take we'll definitely bite that bullet now so yeah listen the braves the the nle still nobody is running away with it i think the mets are the mets are in first place still right but they're what they're up like a game yeah. on the phillies they're up a game so yeah. i think the braves are like hovering around 500 i think they're a couple games under obviously they're playing the mets today that would be a big win if they could win that game but yeah uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Brox, anything, any last thoughts? I hope no one on the Mets gets injured tonight because they've had like a five-game streak for some getting injured. So so even if the Mets lose tonight, and but no, if nobody gets injured, that'll be a win. We'll be okay. sure to get back to you guys sooner, probably before next weekend. We'll dial something up. And, I mean, it's almost June. Baseball season's kind of forming up into full swing. And, yeah, we'll definitely get some stuff, too, as the – June progresses to stuff with like all-star game stuff. We'll start picking out our best like home run derbies that we like. Maybe watch, maybe making predictions on home run derbies and stuff, predictions on all-star teams, but we'll cover all that. But until now, until then, excuse me, take care. Have a good one. So we're back a lot sooner than we expected. We just finished recording maybe a couple hours ago. Turn on my TV. I watched the Yankee game. And you know what I mean? We're talking about when we'll see the next no-hitter. And who would have thought that I would watch the next baseball game I watch? I'd witnessed the no-hitter. Corey Kluber of the New York Yankees just threw a no-hitter. First Yankee no-hitter in about 22 years, I believe it is. I mean, this is a guy, Kluber, former two-time Cy Young Award winner. Had a couple struggles with injuries. 2019, he got hit with a comebacker. Loses um like loses the end of that season. 2020, he literally threw one inning. Uh, it was Corey Kluber bobblehead day in Texas, too. And they were giving out Texas Ranger bobbleheads of Corey Kluber. And what does he do? He goes those goes and throws a no-hitter. He was starting to really come around for the Yankees his last couple starts. I know he pitched real good against Detroit a couple weeks ago. Then against Baltimore, he pitched good. And I mean, congrats to Corey Kluber, man. Crazy, bro. I would have thought, man. We, we literally said, who knows? And we, we were making predictions on how many we'd have. And we technically have six already. Dude, I predicted, I said, like, realistically eight, like maybe ten. And already on six. So I think eight we're going to hit. <laughs> who knows? End of the end of the month. But like, Dude, we're gonna we're gonna hit at least eight, probably ten, man. It's like like a few years ago it was like how can we stop um the home run surge? Now it's gonna be like how can we put balls in play? This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> Yo, you know what's crazy too? I like now six no hitters are by teams just got no hit twice. We said the Mariners. I didn't even realize it. The Indians got no hit twice by Rodon and Miley, and now the Rangers they got no hit by Musgrove and Kluber. So yeah. these are the three teams. If you want to throw a no-hitter, just go against one of those teams. But uh, listen, like I kind of said too, Kluber, I mean, Kluber well, looked unbelievable today. His slurve was unbelievable. He's got a good sinker too. 
had like a 2.25 ERA a couple years ago with the Indians. Like I said, ran into a couple uh, tough injuries, uh, like tough injury luck. But I mean, he's down now to a 2.86 ERA. Brian Cashman may have found a steal with him. Only signed him for one year, 11 million, kind of took a risk on him. But I mean, if Corey Kluber can pitch like like this like he's pitched really over the last month he had a couple of rough starts in the beginning of the year I mean you slide him right behind Garrett Cole that is a good one-two punch come playoff time yeah no that was you know we'll see what happens to Kluber he's had some up and downs but um that'd be good for the Yankees if um he can stay healthy and produce on the field and also another update I said it'd be a, a win for the Mets if they leave the game tonight without an injury well they lost they, they fought you know what they're Backups played really well. They lost. They have a walk up to Acuna. Who cares? But Pete Alonso is getting an X-ray in his hand. So I didn't even play today. So that's another one bites the dust for the Mets. Yeah. Oh man, that is just brutal, man. And Acuna had a nice little uh, pimp job too. He was hyped up. I was happy to see Acuna. Sorry about your Mets, but I was happy to see Acuna go yard. First career walk off home run for Acuna. I thought that was pretty crazy. But yeah, uh, another guy in the Yankees too. Uh, one of the guys that just caught up, Ryan Lamar, actually tore his hamstrings. So now on the Yankees. Today in the outfield, you had Miguel Andujar, Brett Gardner, and Tyler Wade. So if you were playing, uh, if you're playing at home and you had those three guys in the Yankees outfield, huh, you deserve a whole lot of money. But uh, yeah, we kind of just wanted to get back on that kind of. We didn't want to leave off. We didn't, we don't know if we're gonna record now in the next week. You know what I mean? We didn't want to leave off on that Corey Kluber thing. But uh, yeah, so hopefully, I mean, listen, unless somehow one of these late games that started become a no hitter, probably won't hear us now for another week or so. But take care, everybody. Have a good one. Peace.